Welcome to the first ever Blonde and Strong podcast. My name is Shar. I'm the host of the podcast. And really, this podcast is about strength and empowerment. Each episode is dedicated to helping our listeners improve their health, their well-being, to learn, grow, and unlock their strength from the inside out. Through open, honest, unfiltered conversations, our inspirational guests bear all by sharing their knowledge, experience, strength, and hope about everything from their strength through adversity, love, health, wellness, their mental health, self-care, post-traumatic growth, bravery and triumph, the list goes on. A little disclaimer for you though. These episodes will contain explicit content. There will be swearing. There is a safe space here for people to be open, honest, raw, and powerful through their vulnerability without shame or judgment. No topic is off limits as long as it has the intention of empowering our listeners. Look, I'm no journalist. I'm not a podcaster. I really have no idea what the hell I'm doing but I feel called to create this podcast. So I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to learn and grow as I go along. And I really hope you'll grow along with me. What I do know is that in my darkest times, it was the courage of others who were willing to bear their souls, share their knowledge, experiences, love, and guidance that gave me the strength to endure and grow into the woman that I am today. Without their bravery, honesty, and compassion, I wouldn't be alive, let alone recording this podcast. And of that, I'm certain. Those beautiful people taught me you have to give it away to keep it. So now it's my turn. If even one person finds strength and hope as a result of this podcast, then it'll all be worth it. Our growth is our own responsibility. No one can do the work for us, but I truly believe we are stronger together. So thank you for joining me and thank you for taking the time to listen. So episode one, we have the incredible Natalie Guyan. So I just want to welcome you to the Blonde and Strong podcast. For those listening, Natalie Guyan is a food and fitness mentor. She's an entrepreneur and multi-business owner, TEDx speaker, author, coach, transformation queen, becoming She-Ra, mother, half of the Guyan power couple, and all around badass and I can't wait for you to meet her so Natalie welcome thank you (laughs) okay so just to ease you in gently we're gonna play a little game of this or that okay okay and this is just gonna help the listeners get to know you a little bit better before we get on to all the juicy bits okay ready so just The first thing that comes to mind, don't overthink it, all right? Dogs or cats? Phone call or text? Text. Beach or mountains? Mountains. I live in the most perfect mountain village in the world. Mountains. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Unless, 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 or unless it's like the Philippines, then... I probably would go beach. Okay. I mean, just don't overthink it, though. Okay. <laughs> Coffee or tea? <laughs> Did you just tell me not to overthink something? No, it's this or that. So it's like one or the other, but like just the first thing that comes to mind. And okay. to be fair, you do live in the most beautiful mountainous region next to the beach. So you have the best of both worlds. So I'll give you that. Yeah. So coffee or tea? Coffee. 
city or countryside countryside winter or summer summer connection or isolation Ah, really i can't overthink these things no do like a bit of solidarity but connection is important to me okay bath or shower uh, I'm a dirty bitch. I like to swim in my own shit in a rag bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I feel like everyone knows you better already. <laughs> okay, IQ or EQ? EQ. Love or money? Oh, I love. Depth or width? Like, honestly. Keep it clean. We are like two minutes into the first ever podcast. Gotta go for the girl. Width. Width. (laughs) Okay. And would you rather be right or happy? Happy. Amazing. Okay. So now that we've had the little pleasantries out of the way and people have a a better idea about who you are. I just want you to... The wit thing was a real giveaway. Everybody's going to know my deepest, darkest secrets from the wit thing. I mean, okay, so that question in particular, I threw it in. For me, the purpose of the question, which I know... Depth or wit? So the purpose of the actual question is about depth of connection in relationship or wit as far as like your reach of connections. So it's like, would you rather have deeper connections, uh, less of them, or would you rather have a wider reach of connections, a higher volume of connections, reach more people, have a bigger width, but have it be at a more superficial, more shallow level. So for me, and I know- No, I was asking me that question that was, that was not on my radar. Not at all. <sighs> I know. I mean, I do feel I like it's one of those little... And the importance of squatting. No? No? <laughs> of course. Of course. You definitely need big wide thighs for that. But then with the squat, you need the depth as well. Mm, this is true. So... I mean, I feel like it's one of those red herring questions. I just know it's going to get some funny answers. I like to be minorly controversial, but I, the, the purpose of the question is actually quite a deep one, but I like that it kind of like throws people because everyone I've asked the question to so far just goes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I say that you prefer it deep. Oh yeah. I'm a deft girl all the way. For sure. We're clear on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to get serious and we're going to help people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gonna, okay. All right. Nah. Well, again, thank you for joining us. And I just want you to tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what it is you're doing right now. Okay. So um, who am I? That's a, that's a, that's a very open question. Um, uh, I think I'm quite multi-faceted, um, but right now I'm focusing a lot on helping people to become the best version of themselves. A um, bit of a, a cheesy line to put that in, but I, um, I'm a big believer in empowering women. 
I like to think that I can help inspire, empower and educate people through things that I've learned myself in my journey through food and through fitness. So um, at the moment, that's a big focus on mine and I'm reaching out to people through different platforms trying to make it possible. Amazing. So like at the moment, it's the food and fitness mentorship that you're really focusing on, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, over the last three years, um, there's been some personal developments for me in a professional capacity where I've been able to pass on from my own experience. Um, and you can't really separate food from, from fitness in, in, my, in my opinion. So I do combine them very much together. I'm very passionate both about those two elements and how it can enhance your health. Um, and it's very rewarding for me to be able to pass that on to people. I, I enjoy connecting with people and helping them realize their own potential as well. So um, it's, it's a, a big focus of mine at the moment. So you did mention there that your sort of driver for getting into this sort of a business to help people was through your own experiences. So maybe you could tell people a little bit a little bit about what your transformation journey was like because for those of you that don't know Natalie she has had the physical transformation of the century I will post pictures of it because you won't believe it when you see it it's one of those that's not the same person it is the same person Maybe not in her mindset, maybe her mindset's a little bit different, but honestly, it's the most incredible transformation. So maybe you can talk us through a little bit about that, Natalie. Take us back to the, you know, your past a, a, and, and explain to everybody where you came from. Okay, so if we look at the physical transformation, and I'm not sure if you're sharing the, the picture here at this moment. Um, when you look at physical transformation like this, and I'm gonna take it back, it's, it's, it's very easy, as you say, to say, well, that's not the same, same person, or how long did that take, or how much did uh, that person lose? And um, through the last few years, I really thought of actually what I've gained in this journey. So if I can go through my physical transformation, first of all, um, because, for want of a better word, I never realised where I was when I started. I never realised how I'd got myself into that situation and I never saw it coming. But by um, setting my sights on losing the 40 kilos that I have and going from obese to being an athlete, I unlocked a lot of stuff inside of myself as well. So. Um, uh, finding a lot of self-fulfillment so um, in a nutshell I've gone from being in excess of over a hundred kilos the photo was taken when my eldest daughter was six months old um, I didn't see myself as I appear in that photo I had no real recollection of how much weight I'd, I'd gained. Um, I think I can safely say I suffered with body dysmorphia. Um, when you gradually gain weight, as I had done, you, you don't see it coming, you don't recognise those changes. So when you're looking in the mirror at the same person every day, you don't see it. When I saw that photo, um, I identified that I needed to make some changes. And over the last 
what is that now, 12 years, over the last 12 years, I have done every single diet under the sun. You name it, you name it, I've done it. Um, whether it be the cabbage soup diet, I've done slim patches, I've done Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Slim Fast, I've counted calories, I've done Ducan, I've done Atkins, I've done other forms of ketosis. Um, and it's led me around to where I am now with a much better understanding of what really does work. Along with that, I've done every single type of exercise as well, from going in the wrong direction at Zumba classes to feeling out of place in bums and tums to doing circuit training, training for and running with uh, running clubs and doing marathons, um, OCR, CrossFit, bodybuilding, powerlifting. I've done a little bit of everything and everything along the way has really helped me discover what I like most, what I enjoy and how to sustain uh, both my fitness and my health through food going forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Loads. And I mean, you are like an athlete, one of the most competitive people I know. You push yourself so hard, so determined just goal after goal after goal smashed physically and also in other ways. So you did mention in that, that that transformation journey for you, although it was a physical one and about weight that you lost, which I believe was in excess of 40 kilos overall, right? Yeah. Over I mean, my heaviest, I didn't own any scales. Um, I, I, I didn't have any clue how much I weighed and I didn't buy scales straight away when I decided to make some some changes um, that was a little bit uh, intermittent to, uh, deciding whether it was, what changes I was going to make and being in a bit of denial at first until I had a heart scare which not only was the physical element needing to change it wasn't just oh I'm obese I need to change it for aesthetics. My health was on the line. So um, when I did finally pick up some scales, I was somewhere just under the 17 stone mark. And I'd already been making some changes over a couple of months towards that. So I'd already dropped some weight. So I don't know what the starting figure was, but at my lowest uh, weight, I got down to nine and a half stone. Um, which I can come into in a minute, but it wasn't a sustainable or healthy weight to, to be at. So quite a dramatic uh, amount of weight loss. Yeah, that's a huge amount. But you also touched on the fact that the transformation was less about what you lost and more about what you gained. Absolutely. So what was that? You tell us okay. what you gained from that. So, <clears throat> I went over very quickly that I tried lots of different sports and activities and through that you get to meet lots of different people and people with a different mindset as well and um, I do very much believe that everybody that you meet in life has a bearing for your days forward from that point in any case it's, it's all a subliminal message if you keep your eyes and your ears open you're always going to learn from people that you're meeting in your life so Connections, uh, as you mentioned, and meeting people have been a huge gain for me, a huge gain. Um, but self-discovery as well, finding out about 
what you really are capable of, you know, um, and self-belief. And when you can install a little bit of, oh, I never thought I was going to be able to do that, but I did. What else can I do? Let's try that. And, oh, I can do it. Let's try something else. It gives you a little bit more confidence to then step into things outside of food and fitness, like taking business risks or requalifying in a in a completely different sector. So from there, the self confidence that I've that I've gained from it, the knowledge and the connections that I've met through people, and the deeper understanding of myself and what I can pass on to others as well, has really enriched my life. I feel as if uh, I'm wealthy from experience. You know what I've learned, what I've gained, and um, we all can do that it's not just down on on losing weight it's it's about that process in between you know um i did my, my ted talk was on being designed to fail and through your failures you learn and those failures enriched me and made me more knowledgeable and wealthier that's incredible so would it be fair to say then do you think in your experience that that key to kind of everlasting sustainable change you know like when you look at the whole change process and the psychology behind change behavior and um would you say that one of the biggest uh things for you within that process has been learning which then gives you confidence when you then learn something new and achieve and succeed at it that builds up your confidence a little bit more to go and try something and learn something new again. And then that just keeps building and building and building. And eventually you see yourself, you know, you're 10 steps ahead of where you were. Obviously we all know that change and progress is never linear, but that learning and growing process, building your self-confidence and learning to trust yourself and have that belief in yourself yeah, I think if I, if I break it down, the simplest term to, for me to do this is to accept that you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm far from, from being perfect. And when you accept that and you realise that you don't know everything and you open up your mind to learning and progressing from your own failures, owning your failures, accepting the mistakes that you've made, or are making and using them to readdress and to change, it opens out so many doors. Like, um, for, for, for example, um, in my TED talk, I talk about how I got into recruitment and making an absolute balls up of the first interview that I went to. And then I learned from those mistakes and I took it into the next interview, got the job. And exactly the same has gone with the fitness transformation when you look at food. Okay, so if you put an expectation on yourself that you're perfect and you're not going to fail on this diet that you put yourself in a box to do, and then you do have a bad day, and then you think, oh, and you give yourself too much of a hard time for it that you go in the wrong diet, back up, you fall back into a backwards direction. What have you taken from that? Whereas if you go into the mindset of, I'm just going to try and do my best today. This is what I'm going to try and do. And you accept that there is room for failure. And if you do, you learn why you did it. You know, you have to identify why did I make that mistake or what can I learn from that and, and go forward? And I think 
I'm probably waffling a little bit here. So let me just categorize this for, for example. Um, here we go. So you, for example, on a diet, you're out with your mates, you decide to have a drink on a Friday night, and then you end up sleeping in the next day. Uh, we've probably all done this in you feeling crap so you're eating the crap food and then you feel like you're an absolute failure and then come monday the diet doesn't start again and you gain the weight back rather than just thinking or making allowances to learn from that what that situation was and how you could perhaps do things differently the next time does that make sense yeah absolutely and it always reminds me i remember um charles poliquin used to always say to um you know, the people that he was coaching, um, you can eat whatever you want as long as you don't feel guilty about it because it's the guilt that'll make you fatter than the food that you're eating. The guilt that you put on yourself is such a stressor in the body, mentally and physically, that it'll stop you from losing fat and achieving your goal anyway. So like, eat it and be happy about it or don't eat it and whatever, you know, learn from your mistake. But feeling guilty about not being perfect is an absolute waste of time and energy. The thing is, though, this is you've just hit the nail on the head here. And I'm probably digressing a little bit, but society kind of puts this on us. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, look at this person, look like this, be like this. And I think there was a great uh, short video that was released be a lady, don't eat so much, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. It was brilliant. It's all of yeah. this mixed message. And you're constantly feeling like you're running up against the wall that if you're not this, you're a failure. And rather than being, well, actually, I'm not designed to be perfect. I am, by very human nature, we are designed for evolution. We are designed yeah. to evolve in our environment. And that's exactly what you need to do. So rather than thinking I have to stop now or retract because I didn't succeed at this day or the perception of success it does it sets you back tenfold exactly as as, as you say in there and funnily enough you know um the reward and the guilt systems in the mind are carried in the same in the, in the same space so the body's response to almost misunderstanding or thinking of guilt as a reflex to reward is subliminal in and in the subconscious a lot of the time as well so it can set off a whole different course of, uh, of actions to it i wonder if that has, is related at all to the whole like pleasure pain phenomenon as well i wonder if they come and i've totally digressed there but that's something i'm going to look into note to self um no, I completely agree with you. For me, uh, the phrase imperfectly perfect, perfectly imperfect, <laughs> either way. I mean, I use it all the time. Perfectly imperfect. We are perfect just as we are. We are perfectly imperfect and exactly where we're supposed to be at any given, given moment to learn uh, the biggest lessons we can and become the best versions of ourselves all the time. So I believe it's just up to us to, to, be aware of those and look out for those and learn from them as opposed to punishing ourselves for it. And, and exactly like what you were saying, 
um, about getting curious. You know, as we get older, when we were children, when we were little kids, we didn't know anything. And we approached everything with this curiosity and excitement and uh, mischievous nature. You know, like we just wanted to, we were interested in how things worked and we wanted to figure them out and we would try. I mean, think about when you were crawling or you were walking or you were like, oh, fire, what's that? You know, you touch it, it burns, you realize it's hot, you don't touch it again. You know, like, Exactly like that. Exactly, right? Exactly like and that. And if we could, it's like as we get older, we are conditioned to lose that curiosity, that uh, excitement about learning something new, about, you know, if we fall, like what what didn't work, what worked, what can we try different next time? Like we were born with that kind of um, mindset. And somehow we get conditioned against that to think that everything has to be done right the first time. If we don't do it right the first time, we're a failure. And then we hold ourselves back. You know, I, it's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. I mean, this is my first ever podcast. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing at all right? Let's make that very clear. I'm doing this all by myself. I haven't got a producer or a team of tech people who are going to edit this for me. I'm going to wing it. I'm going to figure it out by myself. Is this for this first podcast going to be perfect? Hell no, it's not, but I'm going to learn. Like we've already tried recording this once before big disc, you know, like full (laughs) disclosure. Uh, it didn't work out very well. So we're doing it again, but like I, the failure you have to make failure and it's you know um by the way our very nature of reproduction we are we 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 are um a progressed version of our parents even you know for we are an evolution of our parents so it's it's the it's the very design but society at the moment inflicts this belief on people that if there's an imperfection filters um you know look at that for an example um that if if there is a blemish or 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 something that needs like like a stretch mark let's edit it out let's filter this let's photoshop that let's crop this and it's bullshit because life isn't like that and it just ends up making you feel less worthy whereas if you actually just take a moment to go all right okay now this is who i am but I want to feel a different one. I want to be able to achieve this or I want to be able to do that. That's great. But, you know, take it easy on yourself. There's going to be a learning journey. You need to take what you can from the journey in the day. So, okay, you're working towards something and what do you get back from the day that you put in? What did you get from it? What did you take from it? That's that's the enriching part. That's what's making you a better version of yourself what you actually learn from the day not whether you end the day with an a star it's it's the process oh it's always the journey not the destination i know they sound cheesy those like memes and quotes that you see everywhere but you know they're famous for a reason you know Uh, and it is true it is all about the journey i know i was speaking trying to gather some information before i started uh putting this podcast together and a friend of mine john has a podcast and um he was, he keeps pushing. He's like, when are you getting the first one out? When are you doing it? And I'm like, oh, well, I haven't got this and I haven't got that. And he just sent me a message. He went, you're not the fucking BBC, man. Get it done. Get it out. Nobody cares. You know, like, and it's so true. It's so true. So like, what's your moment in that? When it comes to 
mm-hmm. you know, both of us have our own like physical transformation journeys for our health and our well being. For you, what what were the biggest lessons that you learned along the way? As far as making those mistakes, having those failures, what are the things that stuck with you and really helped you get to where you wanted to be long term? Right now, right now, when I reflect on that question, it is about looking within yourself and looking at the answers within yourself because your journey and my journey are two completely different journeys. And Thank you very much. And I have to think of this, especially when I'm trying to work with clients as well. And when people see me and they see that transformation, you're going to want to know, like, what's the magic answer there? Where's your magic wand? How do I go from that point to that point? And I'm going to tell you now, you're not me. So what works for me is not going to work for you. You need to really look at yourself and you need to break yourself down and look at who you are and what your limiting factors are and what you like in life, what you like doing, what you enjoy, what kind of food do you like? What kind of activity do you like? Do you like working on your training on your own? Do you like being in a group? You need to think about yourself as a unique individual. And the key thing that I've learned is for all my imperfections, which I'm perfectly happy with, I'm not perfect, you know? But that's okay because I'm me and within me, I know what I like and what I dislike and what works for me. And if I try and do what works for you, I'm not going to be happy because they're your likes. So the biggest thing that I've, I've worked with is actually doing what I like and eating the food that I like. For example, just make a few small adjustments. I don't need to eat someone else's diet. You know, it's, it's very important to look good in yourself. And if you don't mind me just taking back for a minute here, right? So, okay, before I was a food and fitness mentor, um, it's, it's well known, I, I, I run a recruitment business with my husband and I, I do value myself on my consultancy approach. And again, this sounds a little bit cheesy, so bear with me a second and I'll just explain this to you so what do I mean by a consultancy approach so uh, when I got my second job in recruitment because the first company I worked for was a bit of a well they were giving me someone with no experience and opportunity grateful for that then progressed myself and I was given the opportunity to work for a company called Hill McGlynn and they were the second largest recruitment company in the construction industry now these guys were like the elite these guys super super polished they only employed recruitment consultants that had a degree and a specialism in the area that they recruited for now i managed to wingle my way for want of a better word i blagged my way through the interview right so i got in the interview i'm there um, managed to hit it off with the guys got the job but the thing is this is like now i'm working for a recruitment company we're talking 15 years ago so your experience now of a recruitment consultant is probably that of a second class uh, second-hand car salesman for example back then working for them it was like this i was not allowed to go and see a client or interview a candidate unless i was accompanied by a senior consultant within the business and i had to do that for six months and for me to be able to go and see a client or interview a candidate on my own i had to sit uh, exams assessment exams for how to correctly interview 
a client and then you would have to write up notes so that you fully understood that business as if you worked for them. And the same with interviewing a candidate. You would have to go through that individual, everything about them, their whole personal makeup, what they wanted, what they wanted for their future, what was important to them now, how they did things on a day-to-day -day basis, who they worked with, how they felt about that, so that you almost were inside that person's head. And then you could only put across your clients or your candidates to your clients if you'd met them on a face-to-face. -face. So incredibly, incredibly detailed. And I loved it. Uh, if you had to cut me, I would have bled. Hilmerglin, beautiful company to work for from a point of view I felt I felt proud to work for a company that really repre represented quality and value you know they they believed in what they did it was a very very quality driven process and I thrived there and I loved it and I believe that I use everything that I've learned there in a very very detailed manner to work with the clients that I work with now and I don't have an on-the-shelf package or a meal plan that I can give to lots of different people it doesn't work like that so if you've seen anything out there buy this meal plan we've got all of these people it's working for it's bullshit because you're different you're not like that person next to it and it's important that you take a consultative approach to yourself and you really go through, create your own life CV of what it is that you want to do with your food and your fitness. What is it that you really like? How, how is your day structured? What do you want to get out of your day? What's most important to you? What time do you have left to do things? And then look at what fits your model because there isn't an off-the-shelf package for how to make the best version of you. Well, that is the absolute truth. Um, everybody is different as we all know. I mean, what works for you doesn't work for me. We, we know that like we, we're like polar opposites, you know, what are we? We're that meme. We're the bikini, <laughs> bikini competitor, Barbie and CrossFit Barbie. <laughs> we're just so different. You know, like if I had to do your training regime, I, I mean, I would be injured and dead. I'd be miserable. I'd hate it. If you had to do mine, you'd be bored out of your mind. Like you would hate every minute of it. Um, we enjoy completely different types of exercise, working in different energy systems. Like we're just so, so different. I mean, we do like to eat. Everyone is, you know, a lot of people are. And there is no right or wrong way to exercise the only wrong way, in fact the only, there is the only wrong way to exercise is doing something that you really detest and wasting your life eating food that you don't like well exactly that moving in a way that you know and it doesn't have to be and i think um uh, i had a, a comment the other day i was trying to um, understand in my group actually um from a more of a wide group where, where where what diets have they done what did they like? What didn't they like? Because I'm trying to get a breakdown of a bit more of a wider perspective and for them to think, you know, because let's just take the term diet. It's largely associated with a short term fix, but actually the word diet is relative to what we eat and, and our lifestyle surrounding those things. So if you think about it from a wider perspective, if you look back through all of the diets that you've done, and you just make a list of pros and cons and then look for the gaps what what did you what do you like to eat in a healthy capacity what do you like to eat? what 
absolutely don't you like sweet but a lot of people are stuck in this mindset that they can't have dairy that they can't have gluten or they can't have bread or they can't have this they can't and they've got to eat all the brussels sprouts you know it doesn't have to be like that you know have have pizza just don't have it every night for example so it's it's, it's really important for people to actually look at what makes them happy and make sure that things align with their goals that also makes them happy every day so they can reflect in what they're taking from the day yeah absolutely i think there's a lot within that as well though you know you're talking about everybody i think there's a lot of self-awareness involved in it that people don't fully understand you know if you get somebody coming to both of both you and I have had experience in training clients with fitness and nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not something I'm involved in so much anymore, but that is your day-to-day of what's really alive for you right now. But I would be willing to uh, guess that both of us, as well as every other trainer out on in the planet, um, has experienced you know, people coming to you saying, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to eat. I don't know how to train. I don't know this. I don't know that. Like I eat really well. I eat chicken and broccoli and I'm still putting weight on and da, 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 you know, and mm-hmm. you really have to drill down into all of that. You know, they want to lose weight or lose fat or be healthier, be feel fitter, all of these different things, you know, when they come to you and you're, you you want to help them with that. Um, but what I used to find was there was a, 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 the gap was in the level of self-awareness and the ability to be really brutally honest with yourself about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I can guarantee, you know, people would come in and they'll let you beast them. They will let you put them through the most extreme killer workout and they'll do it. You know, they will do it. But then you'll say, right now, I want you to go home and I want you to answer these five questions on self. I want you to take a little bit of time, do a little bit of self-reflection about what you ate, how you felt when you ate it, why you chose that, uh, what your relationship with food was when you were younger, like, and get them to really start trying to think uh, about the emotional side of it and the psychological um, attachment to all that kind of stuff. And they'll be like, can I just take like a fat burner? Can I just do this? Can you know, they want the pill, the magic pill, the quick fix, the overnight? Can't I just do a three week boot camp? Can't I just like. I think the reason that people do that is because they think that the dieting and the exercising process has to be grueling and punishing so they want to get to the quick fix because they want to bypass things that they feel or perceive are going to make them unhappy and it just doesn't have to be that way and it goes back to interviewing yourself for the life that you want and really understanding what it is that you like to do rather than what you think you like to do so for example this is something that we've spoken about before okay so let's take smoking for example and steal that one um smoking for example somebody that smokes if they just stop and think for a moment okay what do they get out of it and you can you can argue the point of what they're getting is a moment of calm deep breathing yeah and reflection on what they're doing. But can they get that same thing from something else? 
no, they're not going to get the nicotine hit from meditation, but you know, spending a few minutes of meditating is still going to give them that sense of calm and deep breathing. So it's really looking about what you're getting from what you're doing. You like pizza? Great. Okay, so make your own. Just modify the ingredients, use a little bit less cheese, use a smaller piece of bread or a slightly smaller portion, but don't ban it from your life. Or think about what is it that you get from the pizza that you like? Is it that Italian flavor? Can you get that from other foods? Can you get that same sensation? Actually break it down to what you do like about what it is that you're doing. I don't like running. Okay, why is that? Why don't you like running? Break it down to what it is that you don't like about it and swap it for something that you do like. You don't, most, most people feel like they need to lose weight. Um, and I've done this as well. Right, okay, so what do I need to do? I need to cut back all the carbs. No carbs, yeah? Then I need to run and uh, I'm gonna run every day for an hour every day all the cardio no carbs and then all of a sudden you see that the weight has rescinded off the scale because your body is emptied of water and you're drastically losing muscle mass you feel tired shitty and fatigued no you're not eating carbs so you feel miserable about that you're having to go and run and it's boring the shit out of you doing the same loop every day no wonder you want a pill to skip that process but what if you went for a walk or you changed it up and played with your kids and you didn't reduce all of the carbs from your diet you just made adjustments to all of the portions throughout the day and ate in a bit more of a balanced capacity and enjoyed what you did every day then it wouldn't be such a grueling task and you wouldn't be looking for the magic pill but the answers for what changes and adjustments you need to make lay within yourself you need to interview yourself as if you were interviewing yourself for your dream job or your dream aspirations or your dream happiness and where you really want to be what you want in your everyday life what you want to achieve every day whilst you're getting to that process and look at sustaining happiness in your day and enjoying the journey as cheesy as it is rather than trying to make yourself miserable along the way there's there's absolutely no joy in hating yourself enough to do a workout I've done that before as well and I don't recommend it spend a bit of time on the self-understanding like you said that's where the hard work is spend yeah absolutely really thinking about it and uh, challenge yourself in that thought process of what it is you really want what will really make you happy and you'll find a lot of answers that are a lot less grueling yeah i mean self-awareness really is the key to finding how i don't even like to use the word happiness to be honest but you know with any kind of transformation when we are trying to build the life that we want for ourselves that's fulfilled joyous loving relationships with ourselves and with other people like self-awareness is always the key you know how many being able to make that connection figuring out exactly like you said i mean we had that talk about about the smoking you know you know it full disclosure when i was younger i was a smoker i gave up because i was having brain surgery and um i was scheduled to go in for my brain surgery and i ended up with bronchitis and tracheitis so they wouldn't do it because it was too dangerous um to be put uh, under a general anesthetic 
so they rescheduled the brain surgery and i remember thinking like i can't keep smoking if i've had a chest infection and i have to have this brain surgery like the brain surgery could kill me so i should probably try and give myself the best chance to live so i'll knock the fags on the head so i like left the cigarettes and thought okay i'm just gonna stop smoking now and give myself the best chance of staying alive um because i was at a point where like i was really really ill uh and you know death was imminent so uh, stop smoking and I never smoked again for years and years and years and years and then I went through a very traumatic and stressful time and I was out with a friend of mine and we were just having a drink and a chat and she smokes and I was like oh give me one of those and she's like you haven't smoked in 15 years you're not having one and I was like I only want one I'll be fine I can just have one I mean a year later I was like smoking 10 a day like I could I not only did I not just smoke one, but I was smoking many. And you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed every single cigarette that I had. And if it wasn't bad for you, I'd probably still be smoking now. But, you know, it isn't in alignment with who I am. I have a full and active, healthy lifestyle. And I plan on living very long into my late years i'd love to hit 100 that would be awesome and with things the way they are right now there's no reason why i can't do that so you know it, it smoking is old age barbie in honor of you yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing um but yeah definitely you know so i thought smoking's not really in alignment with who i am and exactly like that i had to ask myself you know what am i getting out of smoking like what is it that really draws me and pulls me to it um, besides the drug nicotine addiction and rush that I get from it. Um, and, and the hundred percent, like being, I had to really go inside myself and ask myself that question and then listen for the answer. And the answer was, do you know what? That is that time where I can just stand there and be 100% completely present in the moment, breathing in and out. You know, there's nothing else to think about, nothing else going on. I'm just there with myself in that present moment and I'm breathing. Okay, I'm breathing in toxic, harmful chemicals. So if I remove those and then I just replace it with a bit of presence and mindfulness and meditation for five minutes that I would normally have the cigarette for, voila, you know, like, and I, so I put the cigarettes down and I haven't had one since you know and that was a while ago so and i know but i know that i can do that i can connect with myself but that isn't something i've always been able to do it's something i've had to teach myself how to do and i've had to get really open and honest like real honest with myself i've Would had you suggest that some of that smoking was down to oral satisfaction as well yeah, possibly. I do like to talk. References to death as well. So. I do like to talk. So it shut me up for a while. I think people were probably quite happy with me doing it, but my daughter was mortified. She felt that she was like, I don't like you smoking. Why do you do it? You know, and then you start eating a lot more when you gave up though. Did you find that you were then replacing the smoking with the hand to mouth and eating? Um no, not particularly. Um, maybe 
for the first week or so, yes, but not particularly. Um, but I, I actually believe that that was because um, instead of having a cigarette, I was taking a moment to have like a mindful moment and get very present and connect with myself and almost do like a five minute meditation. Um, you're not hungry in that moment. You know, if you're fully- I, I, I smoked from the age of 12 to uh, 26. Um, and uh, yeah. We're I, so dirty. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I, I, can, I can relate to the whole smoking thing. You know, it's, um, it's one of those ones, but uh, like now I just, the smell of it, it repulses. Oh no, I mean, it's disgusting. I, I, it is disgusting. I, I gave up. I, it definitely was a contributing factor to my weight gain. I ate more. Um, I mean, I had orange fingers where I just used to eat satsumas all, all the time. I, um, at least it was from eating satsumas. If I ever had orange fingers, it would be eating like Cheetos. I, or didn't, like... Get, I didn't get fat from eating satsumas. It was like uh, double whoppers and double fries that was going down with, with the uh with the satsumas let me just i got overweight because i ate too much i drank too much um yeah. and uh, i i i was uh, oblivious to what i was putting in my mouth but definitely giving up smoking was a contributing factor to wanting that constant hand to mouth action no i understand that i do understand that i i definitely chewed a, a few pens um, and although I'm not one for chewing, like chewing gum, but I did buy packs of gum, like just for the first week to kind of like, it was almost like a just in case I was trying to give myself something that if I felt the urge, I could go to that if I wanted to, I'm actually quite lucky. I know not everybody is like this. I have quite an addictive personality about stuff, but I can also drop things as fast as I pick them up. And I actually think that that's, again, like just, I feel like that's the reverse side of the coin of addictive personality is that you can pick stuff up and drop it real fast. Like it, the second I decide I'm done with it, I'm done with it. You know, um, maybe it's like that whole, you know, people who have like OCD about things being clean they're the same people that turn into hoarders. You know, it's that black or white, all in, all out, all white or all shite, like whatever, you know? Um, but, you know, as we're talking about that and that concept of real self-awareness um, and really working on building that relationship up with yourself, because that is always going to be the key. You, yes, we need to educate ourselves. You know, as well as I do, educating yourself about food and about nutrition, how the body works, um, how we can become friends with our bodies and, and work together. You know, that's where the magic happens when we, when we get that real higher level of self-awareness in those situations. But we touched before on that concept of body dysmorphia. You know, you were saying that when you were at your absolute biggest and your heaviest, you had no idea that that's the size that you were. Uh, yeah, no. And, you know, um, no, I just didn't. I, I didn't at all. Um, I, 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 a couple of examples I can give for that, really. I went into um, a shop with my sister and I'd gone from being 
a size 12 to 14 to I picked up a, a size 16 jacket couldn't couldn't get my arm in it not even the 18 and like I put the 22 on and I was like 27 um, years old and I was like wearing skirts that because I couldn't fit into jeans but it was not in my head I was thinking these shops are making clothes too small and my clothes must be shrinking in the washing machine I looked exactly the same in the mirror it wasn't until I saw that photo and my eyes nearly popped out of my head when I saw that photo I was like who the fuck is that because that is not me and I was like due to be getting married and I was like that I am not going to be a plus size bride that is not who I want to be on my wedding day what who the what the and the thing is is like this is going to sound as if I'm kind of you know contradicting myself but I'm not so stay with me here when I was on that rock I felt like oh yes look at me sat on a rock and feeling all good about myself and what one of the questions that I do ask myself as well where I was oblivious to this weight that I gained until I saw that photo was I truly happy or was this a warped perception of happiness you know because in the same light um I, I was eating a lot for fulfilling happiness I was very hungry all the time I was eating a lot anyway um but as I mentioned and I touched on before I had a heart scare so for as happy as I may have thought I was, or not quite realizing I was unhappy because it was supposedly like a bit subliminal, my health was on the line. So I hadn't got to a point where I was like, oh, gaining a few extra pounds, that's not good for my health. It was beyond that. I was having sharp pains. I was admitted to hospital and I had a nurse who grew up who was giving me a hard time about how much I weighed and having such a young baby, really quite ferocious with me. I thought she was an utter bitch, but I guess now she was trying to give me a wake-up call. But, you know, there's, there's that one thing of thinking you're happy, but perhaps not really realising or knowing what real happiness is, in a true sense. You ask as well, money or happiness. I had a bank full of money, Maybe I perceive that to be happiness or added to mm. happiness. But what I will tell you now is knowing the life that I live now, knowing what I've done every day since then, I was not happy because I have a completely different outlook towards life. The things that I can do every day would not have been possible with my health as they were. And it was integral for me to, I think it would be doubtful whether I would have gone on to have had a second child um, with the way that my health was in such decline. Would I even be around now? You know, some of these things I really need to consider are fact is that at the young age that I was, my health was on the line. I had health problems and I was oblivious to it. So body dysmorphia not being able to see yourself as your true reflection or seeing yourself as somebody else. I was com completely bubble wrapped from, from where I actually was in life. I had no idea of how life could be when I was in that position. I had no, no idea of what opportunity I could give myself or how different I could feel about 
myself, my body and my wellness at all. That's really interesting. That I think that, you know, <laughs> that old saying, you know, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. The, the human mind is a really complex and uh, interesting thing, isn't it? Where we can actually be in complete denial as to what's actually going on in our reality in that moment. And if you look back, I mean, we haven't gone all the way back in your past to kind of, you know, you touched on um, becoming a recruitment consultant, but your driver for becoming a recruitment consultant came from, you know, you were living in a, you know, eight floor tower block apartment in the roughest area of Birmingham, you know, had no fridge. You were hanging your milk outside in a bag to keep it cold, you know, so you had no money. I used to wash my clothes in my bath, Charles. My electric would be pinging off because I'd be buying the fags rather than sticking the money in the electric meter. I, 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 I didn't come from... Uh, I, I grew up on a council estate, but, you know, I didn't go without as a kid. Yeah. My parents provided for me great, you know, used to go on foreign holidays, had a lovely bedroom, lots of things for Christmas. So I wasn't an underprivileged child, but mm -hmm. my parents split up at a young age. So for me, I had to go out and work and then I was always having to buy my own things. So by the time I got to 21 and I was living in a council flat with a suitcase full of clothes, I was living to, you know, without very much, I didn't have very much at all. And um, seeing that it is possible to make a lot of money was appealing to me, you know. Um, I'd met people who were in the recruitment business whilst I was out clubbing and pubbing at the weekends. But, you know, for me, I was living for the weekends when I was young. Who doesn't, when they're, when they're in, in, their, in their early 20s, who isn't living for the weekends? But I didn't have a, 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 something to fall back on. And um, I, I needed to make the changes for, for myself. And uh, hence yeah. getting myself in, into recruitment. And, uh, and I think this had a big part to play in my, my weight gain as well. Sure. So if we go back to the figure of somebody who's pubbing and clubbing at the weekend, a smoker, um, somebody who's, you know, I, I probably would have a pot noodle a day. That was like my diet. <laughs> It'd be a healthy day if I got a banana in there somewhere. Better you know, be chicken and mushroom, otherwise we're not, not going to be okay. Quite, uh, quite often I probably wouldn't eat, or maybe, maybe a fish finger sandwich on the way back from the, the club. You know, it was, a, it was an alcohol and uh, totally induced lifestyle. Um, but there came a point where that wasn't the life that, that, that I wanted and um, I set my sights on recruitment and I got into that life. So very quickly I changed then and I'm in, in a sedentary life where I'm the first person in the office, I don't take a lunch break, I'm the last person to leave, entertaining clients in the evening, sat at my desk eating, sometimes procrastinating about what I should be doing and eating more and giving up smoking. So, you know, these things 
accumulated to my weight gain over a number of years. We don't wake up one day having not eaten a salad and put on five or six stone. It just doesn't work that way. And in the same way, you can't lose the weight by having one salad either. It's an accumulation and you don't see it coming when it comes like that. But your lifestyle, the way my lifestyle had changed from one end to the other, and, and let's just be honest here, I haven't had to flick back to going out on the clubbing scene and living off a pot noodle a day to take it back, but I have had to change my lifestyle to be able to sustain my results, but to things that are sustainable, healthy, that make me happy. But, you know, we're, we're a consequence of our actions. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, if you've gone from living... Um, a life where you're having to like eke by, you know, struggling for money and using what little money you had to like go out and have fun and kind of, you know, do things that were less responsible and all of that kind of stuff to then being like, do you know what? I don't want to live this life anymore. I want money and security and success. And, you know, you're a very driven person. You always have been like the way that you've gone in and gotten your jobs and become such an ex such a success in the recruitment industry and now in the fitness industry. But when you went into that world, you know, I asked you the question, love or money, and you said love. But if I'd have asked you that question when you were living in that eighth floor, apartment well, it would have been money in Birmingham it was money right so then Absolutely. you go into being a recruitment consultant and you're making money and you're working in the city and you've got all the stuff that you didn't have before and actually I can see how as you're gaining weight but yet you feel like you're being successful and that was in your mind what you equated to happiness was having that success having that money you know it's a it's a bit of a disconnect from maybe who you truly are deep down, but in that time, it was what you valued as um, successful and important. It's what held importance in your life and that's what you work towards. So I, I can understand that um, and how your mind could have tricked you into believing that it was like a false happiness, you know? This is the thing as well. It's like um, our perception of happiness and I, I said this in the TED talk as, as well. So I'm going to say it again here, if you don't mind, Char. No. But, um, I did sort of quote that it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. Now, I'm saying this is somebody who has had no food in their fridge freezer. Like I said, all these things hang in the mail account, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I've waited for the clock to strike midnight to walk because I didn't have a car across derelict wasteland in Ladywood please look up Ladywood how rough that that place is I lived in Canterbury Tower and I've walked across there to the Tesco's because I hadn't eaten for two days and been waiting for my salary to drop to go and buy food so yeah absolutely you asked me that question back then and my driver would have been money but then I come from a situation where the recruitment business has had a turnover of seven figures and I've been on the other side of the coin. And I tell you now, the money in your bank account does not make a difference on who you are. It's what you do with your day. And if you are not happy, 
in the process of putting that money in your bank account, the money in your bank account will not make you happy. So you could think of a diet a little bit like a job, okay? So mm -hmm. it's very, very much the same. If you went to work and we spend eight hours a day working, 80% of our life is designated to employment. So if you want to spend 80% of your life doing something that does not make you happy, it is irrelevant how much money you're going to earn at the end of it because none of that matters. None of it matters. And it's exactly the same when you're setting your sights on a diet or trying to achieve some kind of fitness goal. If you don't enjoy the process, that end game or setting a destination is, is going to be so short-lived because you've not enjoyed the process to get there. Whereas if you think about the process and enjoying what you're putting into it in the everyday moment and forget about an end line, then you've succeeded anyway because you're working towards a sustainable lifestyle every single day. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So for people listening in, if there's people who are, you know, on their own uh, transformation journey, whether that's if they're trying to get stronger, fitter, healthier, lose weight, lose fat, you know, put muscle on. What I mean, we all have our own goals. Um, people who are struggling with their food. Um, I think we've already established that you have to do some real internal work. This yeah. isn't just about changing what food you put into your body and getting out on more runs or a different kind of training modality. Like it, you have to do some inner work. You're going to have to look inside yourself, ask yourself some difficult questions as to why you're doing what you're doing, why you're making the choices that you're making. Do you have some unresolved things like some emotional attachments to your food and your eating, and then maybe get some answers, you know, and some help and support with that. However, all of that aside, if someone was coming to you and, you know, there's people listening, can we give them, can you give them some real, like a tangible approach, you know, something that's really practical, what they could start doing tomorrow as far as sitting down and taking that personal consultancy approach to their own lives to start making positive changes? Absolutely. So whether you are halfway along your journey, whether you think you know it all, or whether you're just starting out, it never hurts to make a note of what, what you're doing at the moment. So just stop Got it. and just reflect, okay, what does my current routine look like? Let's just have a little look at my current routine and what do I enjoy about that routine? Why do I do it? Like you said, the why is so important. Why do we do the things that we do? Okay, so have a little look through it. And if there are things that you're doing that really serve you no purpose, that you're not enjoying, ask yourself why you're doing them. And think about what you could be doing instead. So really just have a little look at yourself. Write it down. Imagine like a, a school timetable, if you like. What time do you get up in the morning? What do you do when you get up? And be honest, because the only person you'd be to be lying to is yourself. But, you know, what do you eat? And then what are you doing? Have a little look at how long you're going without food throughout the day. Or if there are things that are causing you stress and how you react to those things that are causing you stress and how can you change your reaction to them or how can you change your response or if they can be removed or changed in what you're doing. 
really have a think about it and not just exercise and food but think about your job what you're doing with the kids your sleep routine all of these things and then plan ahead just plan a day ahead and think of it like and this is something that i learned at recruit in recruitment the moscow method doing your must shoulds kids every day this company would make us with our day planner we had a lovely hill mcglynn day planner all, all all binded it was beautiful leather all of that and we would have to because we'd have to make 100 calls a day how are you going to make 100 calls a day well you'd have to break it down to what, what who where you were going to make those calls so you would have to have a list of roles that you were going to be phoning people about or where you were going to collect those candidates details from how you were going to get referrals you would have to interestingly plan out your day and i use this when i try and plan ahead now I'm a bit of a creature of habit and i believe this is integral to making things happen especially when you have a busy a busy life you need to make sure that you're you know when you're going to do something if you want to do it and if it's not that important reschedule it for another day so anyway, think about what must you be doing? So things like you must be doing are your work commitments, anything that's absolutely essential or take or put those down. Think about how much time you're gonna to allocate to these things. And then think about what you should be doing or what else you could be doing. You know, focus on the positives. Quite often what we're trying to do is cram somebody else's ideal into our already very busy life without any idea or forethought on how we're gonna do that. You kind of, I don't know, you've taken on this new diet, looks great, I've seen the results, right? I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do this great fitness plan that goes with it. But already you're absolutely rammed with your daily commitments and you, you've got no idea how you're going to fit this in so you try and do it anyway and then you end up feeling like a failure because you're not achieving it so you forget about it and then you move on to something else and this is where the unhappiness comes from whereas if you know you've got a busy day coming up you're back to back on that day you've got some really important things to do what other time do you have available is it important that maybe that that's a rest day that you change your rest days around and you re rearrange them, look, look for the gaps or, okay, have I got something that's planned in tomorrow that could perhaps wait until another day? And just take it each day as it comes and plan ahead and make sure the things that you wanna do, the things that you enjoy doing are in that day. You know, whether that's a phone call or a meal that you wanna prepare or cook, anything that you, you enjoy doing that makes you feel happy make sure that that's included in your day and that you make time for that as well but if you review your habits understand yourself and what it is you do why you do it and then you put a bit of forethought into what you want to be doing the next day you'll have a much greater chance of success and even if you don't nail everything on your list it doesn't matter you can try again the next day don't be so hard on yourself leave yourself some room for progress for the next day you know it's just as simple as that absolutely and whatever you do don't i mean that's great advice natalie i love that approach and i do think that being able to plan and put some forethought into things is is definitely the way forward for for achieving success and whatever you're trying to whatever goal you're trying to reach um i think it's really important as well as a, a bit of a side note to not compare yourself to anybody else throughout that process mm -hmm. you know especially if 
you know, someone's like, oh, let's try this diet or let's try this exercise regime over the next 30 days or whatever. And that's fine. It's always actually a lot of people, that community feel and that group um, approach to things very often helps motivate people to, to push together and support one another and have people to be accountable to and, and all of that. So it, it often works really, really well. Um, but don't compare yourself to anybody else because what works for you isn't going to work for them and what works for them isn't going to work for you. Um, being afraid to fail and comparing yourself are going to be the two, you know, killers of authenticity and truth of who you are. So, uh, absolutely. And, you know, um, in recruitment, I've worked a vertical market and that means that you, you very much have, um, the same skill set of candidates, you know, and in recruitment, when you've got the same skill set of candidates, the qualifications are a given because they've gone away and they've got this qualification. What grade they may have got from is, is a variable. But one of the things that's really important when you're trying to establish a new role for an individual or you're finding an individual for a company comes into their personality as well and who you're looking for them to be going to work with. Are they going to get on? You know, in this vertical market, their qualifications are given and the things that stand out are the individual drivers. Does that person want to work on a particular type of project? Have they got a particular type of personality? Is it a big team or a small team that's suitable for them? What about the distance that they need to drive to work? These are things that we probably think about for ourselves when we're thinking of for a new job, do it, you know, in the capacity of what you want to do. And it's, it's, it's very simple to take that same concept and think about it when you're thinking about your um, food, and your fitness habits as well, and how you want to do things in other sense of your life. So thinking of it from a point of view from, okay, so you just, sorry, Charles, that just popped up on my bloody screen here. Isn't that right. when you're doing? Glowing. I'm like, oh, what's going on then? <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, so, so when you're looking at an individual from this point of view, it's, it's also important that um, from a fitness trainer's Point of view we get told us personal trainers get told to look for our niche market we get told to look at who we should be representing and um, the thing is as well within that niche market I for example and um, the majority of people that tend to relate to me are people just like me moms or working women i do have a number of male clients as well but i i tend to have quite a, a proportion of people that are uh, a female and who have already had children and not one of those are the same every single one of them is just like the vertical market of candidates everybody has their their own unique personality and their own new lip unique likes and dislikes foods that they like or um, social background or religious beliefs or places they want to go to on holiday and the reason that they want to go there or the things they want to do when they get there so it's exactly the same and it's really important that when you look at these things on a day-to-day -day basis food and fitness you think of it just as the way you would if you were looking for a new career move what where do you want to be? 
why do you want to be there and how you're going to get there and what's going to make you happy in that process. I love that. And I love that your approach really is an approach to life in general. Like it, it, it's applicable to health, fitness, nutrition, career, you know, it, it can be used in so many different aspects of your life. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Natalie, because I think that's something that people can really grab hold of and, and start to do today, you know, that auditing their own life and then asking themselves the hard questions of what, why, how am I going to move forward? You know? So thank you. Um, I mean, you and I could literally talk all day. There's a million and one things I know that we haven't covered that we could still cover. Um, but what I'd like to do now is just wrap everything up um, and ask you one final sort of question that I'm going to ask everybody on the podcast. Um, and this is a, a question. It's a deeper question, but it's something I want you to really think about because what I'd like to do is give listeners a chance to understand, you know, we all weather the same storm. We're all different as we've discussed in this podcast. You know, we all, uh, we're not all in the same boat, but we're all still weathering the same storm of life and we all have highs and we all have lows. Um, but what I want to know is, can you tell me about a time in your life when you felt the least empowered, where you felt I don't want to use the word weak because I don't believe that anybody is weak, but where you felt the least empowered, the least strong at your lowest sort of rock bottom place. But from that place, what is it that really gave you the strength to endure and rise up and inevitably grow into a stronger, empowered woman that you are today sitting in front of me? Mm. So that's a that's a, a a deep question, Shah. It's a it's a deep question, and um, there was a, a time in my life before I lived in the flats where I was living in South Wales, and it was a time before my thyroid had been diagnosed, and um, I was emotionally at rock bottom, and I never really understood the reasons why because i didn't understand myself which is something i know now i didn't know that i had thyroid issues but i also didn't understand why i was feeling the way that i was and i was at absolute rock bottom it's probably a conversation that we can have on another day but mm -hmm. um it was uh, very integral to I suppose now in reflection, I wouldn't have seen it then, but um, I had no control over decisions that I made. Um, well, for as much as we do have to take, um, take responsibility for our decisions, I, I believe I was in a place where I'd lost all sense of my own self-worth um, and became, uh, I, I didn't didn't think really there was no thought process in it because I didn't have any value to myself and once I'd been able to establish 
that my thyroid wasn't working correctly, I was able to get more clarity. And through my journey, I've been able to reflect back on why I felt like I did. But most importantly, not understanding yourself or giving yourself the time to really reflect on who you are, leaves you more vulnerable to making decisions that you can later on regret or feel like you've got no way out. Yeah, I, I mean, I that resonates a lot with me, Natalie. I'm sure a lot of people have been in that position where they've just felt so low, um, worthless, valueless, and they don't know why, and they don't know how to get out of it. And, and I know I've had my own experience um, on a couple of occasions where I've sort of felt like, I don't want to live in this life anymore. It wasn't that I wanted to die, but I didn't want my life. I didn't want to wake up tomorrow and still be living the life that I had structured around me. It, it wasn't for me anymore. And I couldn't see a way out and I didn't know how I was ever going to get out of it. Um, and I'm sure that there's, millions of people in the world who've experienced that exact same thing. I know for me to come out of that, whenever I've had that feeling, I always have some weird little, it's going to sound a bit fluffy, but I always have some weird little moment of almost like spiritual clarity of like, do you know what? It's going to be okay. Like no matter how dark it is, no matter how bad you feel right now, this doesn't have to be your life. Like this doesn't have to be you. We can find a way out. Like we can find a way through. And I know that not everybody does, but that's how it's been for me. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And you know, what, what do you think it was for you that gave you the strength in that dark time to really endure and pull through in that moment? In, 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 in the one side, the reason that I felt con I, wanting to escape that moment and not wanting to be in that moment was because I didn't realise my own self-worth. I didn't, didn't see any value in myself. I didn't have any belief in myself. And sometimes you have to get to that lowest point to then you find some fighting thing in you that tries to pull you back from that point of zero self-confidence, not wanting to be inside myself, to one small thing just pushes back. And I think it's fair to say, you know, um, some people think I'm a little bit crazy and why do you do what you do? And it's because I've reflected on myself and I know that I am. Uh, I, I am worth saving and I know that I have an incredible sense of self-worth and I've seen how amazing the human body is and how we can adapt to change and I've seen myself achieve things that I would never have thought possible. Now these things aren't exclusive to me, we all have this within us. We all do. So, you know, it's never over until it's over. And if you look within yourself and you really 
ask yourself and you give yourself that time and that moment, just that, that small piece of appreciation, just to let yourself start to fight back a little bit, you will start to see what's really possible. Um, but it's all within, it's, it's all inside us. Exactly, exactly. And that is the purpose of this Blonde and Strong podcast. Like I said in the intro, you know, the whole point of this is for people like you to come on and share your experiences and your strength to allow people to really unlock the strength that they already have that's inside them. We just don't always remember it's there. Sometimes we get disconnected with ourselves and get really caught up and carried away with all the stuff externally that's going on around us. And I think very exactly the same as what you're saying. Like in my darkest moments, it's been that little voice inside me, that little bit that I've shoved deep, deep down that I'd been completely cut off and disconnected with. It was like, do you know what? You've got this. You've, we've got this. Like stop what you're doing, reconnect with yourself. Like we are strong. We are capable of so many things. Like this isn't the end for us. Like we have more to achieve. We have more to do. So let's get on with it. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Let's keep moving forward. And I firmly believe I've seen it in people that I've coached. I've seen it in people in my life. We all have that. We all have access to that. And I just want to help people reconnect with that part of themselves and really be able to thrive and just achieve greatness that they came to, on the planet to do. Like that's what we're here for. So I appreciate you being a part of that. I'm being my first guest on here. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having my back woman. <laughs> So I just want to say a huge thank you, Natalie, for coming on and being my very first ever guest on the Blonde and Strong podcast. I'm sure we'll wrap again. Um, so can you just tell people where the best place to find you is if they're interested in connecting with you or mentoring or? Well, you'll probably most likely find me in my gym or office in my house. <laughs> I don't think they can come there though. <laughs> if you want to reach out to me, you can hit my Instagram, send me a message. No questions are too small. Um, you know, any, any question or, or reach out. Yeah. I always try and get back to as quickly as I can. I have a website, nataliegayan.com and I, I'm on Facebook as well. So um, be lovely to hear some feedback from Shah's podcast or if anybody's got any stories they want to share or reach out in any way, it's always good to communicate. Amazing. And you know, if anybody um, has resonated with anything that was brought up in this podcast, if you want to speak to anybody, our, I'm sure it'll be the same for Natalie. Our DMs are always open on Instagram. You're more than welcome to reach out and we'll do whatever we can to, to help. Um, if it's anything bigger that's beyond our sort of scope of practice, we have lots of people we can connect you to. So by all means, don't be a stranger. Um, I just want to tell you how absolutely grateful I am that you've taken the time out of your busy day to sit down and listen to us talk um, and I really appreciate you 
if you could please leave me some feedback, five-star review. It'll really help us get the podcast out for other people to be able to listen to it too. Uh, And I can't wait to speak with you again. Take care.